Welcome to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. Whether you're listening live on the Community Radio Network or via podcast, here's the show where you learn from experts, be inspired by journeys, and discover more about making your small business a success. I'm Alexi Boyd, broadcaster, advocate, and small business owner. Let's meet today's guest. So it's time to get excited about statistics. No, really. As small business owners, we're often reminded to learn who our ideal client is and research this with gusto until we have the perfect image in our minds as to who they are and what makes them tick. We normally gather this information from anecdotal experiences and conversations with other business owners or mentors. But what if all this ideal information like location, business to business details, demographic, political persuasion, customs and habits, and social media was already easily and freely available? Well, guess what? It is. There's a government department full of real boffins who are passionate about sharing this wealth of knowledge. And when it comes to collecting, analysing and delivering this sort of data, they've made it it accessible and useful to small business and now have a brand new website too. It's all there for the taking. And today we welcome back John Shepard, the General Manager of Industry Statistics Division and Bjorn Jarvis, Head of Labour Statistics, to explain how and why we should tap into this goldmine of data as small businesses. Welcome to the program, guys. Morning, Alexi. It's great to have you on the show again. And uh, thanks again for joining us, John, because we've had you on the program successfully before. And I think this is a real, I feel like it's a real goldmine of data that's available to small businesses to really tap into. So let's have a think about um, what sort of information is there readily available for small business to access on the ABS website, for example, broadly. Um, I'm glad you said it was successfully, um, Alexi, last time, (laughs) so that's good to hear. Um, Look, there's a couple of recent things that we've released as examples um, that would be really helpful to small business. Um, In particular, our annual um, CABI publication um, that stands for the Counts of Australian Businesses, including Entries and Exits. Um, That's um, sourced from data like the Australian Business Register held by the ATO, but gives a really useful um, picture down to quite a a low level of geography of all the Australian businesses um, and how many have commenced during the year and how many have exited during the year. And that was released um, 16th of February um, this year and is available on the front page of our website. And that's really interesting because you can drill down quite finitely into that sort of information that I described earlier. And and that's where the real value is, because let's face it, small businesses operate at a local level. We we operate, um, you know, quite granular, but we also like to see the big picture. Is it available at both ends of the scale to have like the local information plus the broadly the national information as well? No, absolutely. So for the 1920 financial year, it has um, talks about the, the changes in businesses um, and the fact that businesses increased by about 2% um, nationally um, over that year. Um, and so that, which sounds interesting given, you know, what's happened with COVID, et cetera, and it does pick up that COVID period. Um, normally we would see an increase in businesses year to year um, and that, that increase had slowed slightly in that last financial year. Mm. But as you mentioned, we can actually get that release goes down to quite low level, what's called um, SA2, um, which, for example, would give you counts of businesses in the Hornsby local government area, um, which has around 14,000 businesses as at the 30th of June, which had increased slightly from the previous year, but basically breaks down into kind of, um, I think it's North and South Hornsby at that level. It's amazing, isn't it, that you can get down to that granular level. And what's important about this, I assume that in terms of accessibility, you can look at it through suburb 
um, postcode numbers, but you can also look at it through uh, geographic location as well on a map. Um, yeah, we really focus on those geographic locations and put things out on, on kind of interactive maps and things because, again, um, in terms of location, most people will know postcode is not a great representation um, of an area mm. um, because some postcodes are really large um, and can span multiple areas and some are quite small. Exactly. I mean, we look at those postcodes probably in, in regional areas or even anywhere in Western Australia, I can imagine it spans a great deal. Um, and I'm just going to ask you a bit of a question off topic, just, just because I'm curious, but uh, when it comes to postcodes, are they were they in the first place designated according to population density or was it about size? How did those postcodes come about? I'm asking you a historical question. That's a question. great question. <laughs> and I don't know the answer, Alexa. You might need to ask someone from Australia Post that one. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Now let's let's go to you now, Bjorn. I'm, I'm curious to know, um, in this program, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the labour force statistics. Now we hear about these a lot at a, a government level. They obviously drive policy when it comes to employment, maybe even inflation and, and even um, people like Apart from the ABS, you've got policies at all levels of government who are really interested in this piece of information. Why should small business be interested? So small business should be really interested, not just in labour force, but all the labour market information that we produce. But labour force comes out monthly. It does tell a combination of what's happening across the entire economy, what the population's doing, what the industries are doing, uh, and also right down to what the regions are doing. So it tells um, a very broad story that is important context for businesses, uh, but also just understanding how the, the economy and how the country's changing over time. So the Labor Force Survey is collected from around 50,000 people each month, and it's what we refer to as an activity survey. So it's really telling us what's the population doing at a point in time, and then we can compare that to what they were doing the previous month, six months ago, 10 years ago. We've been doing the Labor Force Survey now for about 60 years. Wow. So about 40 years on a monthly basis and about 20 years on a quarterly basis before that. So it also helps us to contextualise what's happening now compared to previous um, periods where there's been recessions, mm. where the economy's going well, uh, but also telling stories about how things are changing over time. And so of course, things like, you know, the, the GFC springs to mind or the Great Depression. Oh, hang on, we've got 60 years. Does that incorporate the not, not, not quite. Not quite. But after the war, certainly, and, and the changes and the fluctuations that, that happen with times like that. So it enables us to compare what we've seen, uh, the, well, how the economy's fared through the COVID period compared to the early 90s recession, the early 80s recession. Uh, and that's a really powerful thing for businesses to be able to, to draw on and not just understand the fact that through the COVID period, things worsened incredibly quickly, but also recovered incredibly quickly. So it, it, it tells us just how unique this COVID period has been but also gives us an insight into the different impacts that we've seen through this COVID period, which are all incredibly important for small business to be aware of. So the, the fall in hours and what that means for um, not just businesses like them, uh, competitors within the market, but also having a sense of what that's meant for people's earning potential, the likelihood that people are willing to, to change jobs or not change jobs. It gives us that very broad understanding of, of what's happening in the labour market, what's happening in the economy, but also what people are doing, what those, you know, um, what we would normally characterise as about 13 million employed people who are all individuals doing very different things. 
this tells us how that's changing over time. Yeah, it's fascinating because, uh, like you mentioned, we're interested on one hand as to what we are doing with our what's happening in our industry with the labour force, but you can also be looking at that from a perspective of looking at your competitors, but also from the perspective of here is a very large group of people who are either yes or not spending money, and that goes back to what you were saying, John, about the uh, the fact that if you can get granular with what's happening with labour force statistics in your local area, then you know what the spending habits fluctuations might mean and if you're someone who relies on uh, disposable income for your um, for your consumers and for the people who are your clients then that becomes a very important statistic indeed. No absolutely and particularly when you combine that with um, our census information um, which is obviously also available through our website um, and this year being another census year um, coming up later this year. Yeah, indeed. So let's talk about um, the changes to the new website. I'm, I'm really interested to know how easy it is to digest this information. Um, Bjorn, let's start with you and in regards to the labour force statistics. How can small business access this and what are you seeing happen with the data with people accessing this information? So the new website is, if, if for anyone who's listening in that hasn't jumped on the ABS website since late last year, uh, we, we had a very stable, very old school looking website up until uh, September last year. The new look website, it's much easier to be able to get directly to the data. So it's very simple. Um, almost all the links that we have on that homepage will actually take you to data. So there's a link. If you click on statistics, it'll take you through to a bunch of different topics that we have. So if you wanted to look at what's happening in the labour market, there's a labour topic there and you can see a number of links to take you to labour collections. The, uh, the data that John just mentioned talking about the number of businesses, industry information, all of that you can get to by clicking on statistics. You can get straight to uh, census with the second link that you have on that page. And then there's also further down the page a link to our data by region product. And John mentioned statistical area two. Um, so that's uh, about 2,200 regions across the country. That data by region enables you to look at regional information for your community, the community that your business is operating in um, across Australia at all of those levels that you were talking about, so right from what's happening across the country at the national level, right down to very fine level information, including local government areas. Uh, information. In terms of jumping into labour force data, I kind of joke that every month we have hundreds of products with tens of millions of numbers within them. Uh, there's a really good mix of products there to enable people to get to the amount of information that they're looking for. So if you just wanted a really quick summary sense of what's happening in the labour market, on the homepage uh, the, there's five numbers at the top of the page. Um, so there's you know uh, population, there's the consumer price index that provides insights into inflation, uh, GDP, gross domestic product that tells you what's happening in terms of economic growth, average weekly earnings if you wanted to get an idea of um, the average weekly earnings, it does what it says on the box. But that fifth number there is the unemployment rate. Click on that number, it'll take you straight through to labour force and there's a real mix of some summary information right through to very detailed data. And one of the things that people may not be aware of uh, is most of the information that the ABS produces, most of the products that we produce are actually free. So about 10 years ago, or a little over 10 years ago, uh, we shifted from a bit of a mix of, uh, of free products and products that you had to pay for to pretty much un unleashing the potential of statistics by making just about everything free. And so that line, you know, the best things in life are free. Well, if you're a small business owner, you don't necessarily have to go to a consultant to find out what's happening in your area. You can actually jump on this website and 
go through. Uh, I, I, I won't stick my neck out by saying hundreds of millions. It's probably billions of numbers across hundreds, thousands of products that we have there. So definitely encourage everyone to get on and have a bit of a play. We're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters. And when we come back after the break, I'm going to speak to John Shepard and Bjorn Jarvis a little bit more about what uh, the process is. What are you finding? Uh, how are you finding that small businesses is accessing this data and interpreting it and possibly making decisions as a result? You're here on Small Biz Matters with Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back after this. This episode of Small Biz Matters is proudly sponsored by the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman's Office. Led by Kate Carnell since its establishment only four years ago, Aspifio has provided education, advocacy and support, including free assistance if a small business is involved in a dispute. The office also provides assistance for disputes that fall under the franchising, dairy, horticultural and oil industry codes. Kate Carnell, as an independent advocate for small business owners, has the legislative power to influence our nation's lawmakers, ensuring legislation and regulations are put in place to help small businesses grow and in these times, survive. Small businesses are the engine room of the economy and it's Aspifio's role to do all they can to ensure they have the freedom to innovate, employ and thrive well into the future. Welcome back to Small Biz Matters and Triple H 100.1 FM. We are speaking to the guys from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. And why is this important to you? I mean, you think Australian Bureau of Statistics, you think of guys sitting in Canberra crunching the numbers. What difference does this make to your small business? Well, just before the break, we were speaking to Bjorn and to John about the ways that businesses can access this data and utilise it. But I wanted to ask you, um, let's start with you, John. How do they, what are you finding people are accessing the data for? Like, are they downloading graphs? Are they looking at more local information or state-based or federal information? And what sectors of the economy are accessing the info? Um, look, I think I'd start by saying I think there's there's far, far more opportunities for business to be using the data on our website. And um, But, you know, some of the better practice here is looking at um, local area, both in terms of who your pr- prospective customers are and understanding, you know, some of their spending habits and things like that. What are some of the things that they're spending more or less on um, to actually, you know, try to understand where you might head your business. Um, also things around... Um, and again, the census will give us another big refresh source of data on some of those things in terms of you know, where our population sits. Um, but they're also looking at things um, like our recent business conditions and sentiments survey, which came out at the end of February. Um, and that really is a, something we do quite um, every month. We actually look and, um, and we try to keep some of the questions constant so we can look at things over time. But it also allows us to ask some more really current questions and we introduced this during the COVID period um, because of you know, how, how quickly business conditions changed in terms of restrictions and things on businesses and then the need for businesses to pivot, but also to understand important things like cash flow and, and how much businesses are seeking extra funds, et cetera. So um, from that last survey, certainly one of the key stats that came out was that we're still seeing two in five businesses impacted by COVID restrictions in February, which um, has improved from about just over 50% um, in April last year. So we have seen some improvements, um, but you know there's still a fair way to go there as well. Um, the other thing I would say around businesses accessing the data, and you talked about graphs and things, and, and Bjorn spoke a bit about our data by region product, which is really easy to click on and use and understand what's all the different collection data for your local area. Um, 
that's you know certainly one of the ways um, businesses are using it. But for those that are really data savvy, they can actually go as far as exporting you know a data an Excel workbook of the key data they want. They can actually do queries and things on our website as well. Um, but you know for those that are a bit more fearful or are not as certain about data use. Um, even though Bjorn said there is millions of data items there. <laughs> don't get overwhelmed. Don't be overwhelmed by that because there's, it's layered really nicely and, and you know, as much as there's data at the top of our website with those key highlights, each of the publications, if you go down the left-hand side, my favourite part's the left-hand side of the website. We all have our favourite bits. It talks about the upcoming future releases and it'll have them listed out and you can click through onto the release and it also has the, the latest releases from that tab as well. So, um, for example, GDP came out last week um, Bjorn mentioned the figure 3.1% for the December quarter. But if you click in on that um, particular release, you will get another set of tabs, which usually starts with a bit of a highlights or overview. Um, it will often have a media release there with actually sort of key facts and figures. And then you can go right down into a publication and often some other articles. There was a few articles done last week for the GDP release, which gives you some interesting different angles as well on the statistics. So because of that layering, um, it really does cater for all kind of levels of data literacy as well. You mentioned the importance of a, uh, an individual being able to drill down into the information that they want. Is it possible to create a login and um, almost make a pattern of behaviour so you're always looking at the same information again and again? Um, absolutely. So for most, I think all of the releases have a subscription service attached so you can basically click on and say every time that data's updated for that release and some are monthly, some come out fortnightly, some come out quarterly, you can basically get an alert to say, well, that's just been released um, or it's coming out today. So you can actually have a look on that. So that, that subscription service is really handy if there's a few key things you want to keep an eye on. It's like a P&L on steroids. Yes. You know, you've got, it's not just my P&L, it's my industry's P&L or it's my area's P&L or it's, it's my consumer's P&L. And you can find out what the fluctuations are over time. And that, that's, I think, where the real... Um, ability is of these numbers. Absolutely, but certainly not your competitors' P&L. So, you know, we do take privacy pretty seriously <laughs> here. So in terms of the ability to drill down, yeah. um, it, it is still confidentialised and, you know, yes. basically we're required by law to make sure that we, you know, make sure people's privacy is kept really carefully well, I was going to ask about that because we share a hell of a lot of information these days with cloud-based accounting products. And, um, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there still who have concerns about their data being accessed. How successfully aggregated is the ABS data and can we be pretty confident that it's safe? Um, hugely su um, successfully aggregated. That's, you know, one of our key things. We have a um, something we call our five safes framework, um, which makes sure that um, we actually are very careful about to what degree we aggregate. We can't aggregate down to a level that you can identify, you know, the individual um, whose data it is or the business whose data it is as well. So that's a key kind of tenant of the ABS and, and the trust it has in the community. And we are trusted to collect data um, from businesses and from individuals as in, in response to that. Um, but, you know, on the, we do need to make sure we actually totally uphold the privacy of the data we collect. And, and you're a world leader as well. I understand that you're teaching other countries how to do the same thing with their statistics. No, absolutely. We're, we're pretty active in the international community and um, always sharing um, best practice there as well, but importantly, standards and things. So all of the data um, we actually put out is on an international standard so that we can make those comparisons across countries across the world. Bjorn, if I could turn to you and ask you with regards to the STP data, um, what 
benefit has it been with this huge change we've seen over the last 12 to 18 months where you're getting all this data on such a regular basis? Has that made the labour force statistics information more robust and more accurate or has it made it more complex? It's, it's made it incredibly more valuable, useful, easier to understand. So that single-touch payroll data, it's, it's looking across the COVID period, I'm kind of amazed that it's almost a year into the pandemic now, but then on the flip side, I can't believe it's not quite a year uh, since we actually released single-touch payroll estimates in our weekly payroll jobs and wages uh, release. It's incredibly powerful because going to what John was saying before, being able to get a timely, frequent read on what's happening across regions. So there's statistical area level four, which is about 90 regions across the country, as well as statistical area level three regions. Uh, Having that data on a weekly basis, having industry division level and subdivision level data on a weekly basis is incredibly powerful. So in, in the past, we were really constrained by monthly data that we're having, uh, that we're getting out of the labour force, uh, whereas now having that weekly data gives us insights, uh, including, uh, for instance, the, the lockdowns that we've seen. Uh, so in Victoria, when we saw the large-scale kind of long lockdown and we saw these major impacts across most of our economic statistics, uh, having single-touch payroll data and that live feed that's coming through in single-touch payroll uh, data enables us to actually see relatively short lockdowns and what they do um, to the local economies in terms of impacts, but also the pace of recovery. So a good example would be in South Australia at the end of November, that was really the only data where we could actually see the impact on the South Australian and particularly the Adelaide economy um, with that lockdown and then just how quickly that local economy recovered as those restrictions were lifted. Mm. And most recently in the data that, that we released uh, at the start of March, we could see the early impacts on the Western Australian economy. And the next lot of data will tell us for the WA economy how quickly Perth recovered as those restrictions were lifted. So that's um, very frequent data, but also very timely. If you think you're getting an insight into what was happening in February, later in the month. So if we take COVID out of the equation and we just go to a normal calendar month, which hopefully will happen relatively soon, and we talk about uh, the labour force statistics um, impacting small business, do you think that in the future when more small businesses access this information, it will help guide them with, say, employment, um, or it might help guide educational institutions to understand which sectors of the economy need more workers? Is that where the power of this data can go? Well and truly. So it provides... So that live read, that very granular, detailed read, um, enables just about anyone who's making decisions within the economy, decisions within, like you said, the educational sector, governments, communities, um, to really have a sense of what's happening now rather than what was happening a month ago or six months ago. Could it look at skill set in terms of, um, you know, if you're looking at obviously something like the IT startup industry, for instance, and they're thinking to themselves, right, well, we need more people who are, uh, have this particular range of skills. Uh, is that something that it could guide knowing what, who's coming out of, of, of the educational institutions with those skills versus with the uptake in small business and the startup economy, for instance? That's right, P- potentially. 
So the, the power of administrative data is actually having comprehensive information about the population. So single touch payroll data covers um, most large businesses, most medium-sized businesses, an increasingly high proportion of small businesses. Uh, and we, in that weekly payroll jobs and wages release, we actually take single touch payroll data and also some other tax data in order to be able to flesh out and paint a picture of the labour market. Now going to what John was talking about before in terms of um, accessible information, in addition to the single touch payroll release, we also produce labour market profiles using annual personal income tax data. So if you go on the ABS website, you can look at a product called Jobs in Australia. And to make that information as accessible as possible, we've actually pre-generated a range of regional profiles. So if you go into Jobs in Australia, there's uh, an Excel uh, spreadsheet, so a workbook for each of the states and territories. And in each of those workbooks, you've actually got a local government area profile um, so, for instance, I went to school in, uh, in Campbelltown in the outer southwest of Sydney. So if I download, I think it's table seven and tab across to, um, you know, table 22 or something like that, given it's got the hundreds of local government areas within New South Wales, I can actually look in there and see what the industry breakdown of that local government area is and how that compares to New South Wales, what the age breakdown, the different occupations, going to your question, Alexia, about uh, the jobs that people are doing, and mm. that provides some insights into the different skill mix of people that are living within that community, but also things like the, the public-private sector split of people living in that area uh, and how the, the median earnings of people living in that area has changed over time. So the administrative data is incredibly powerful and it complements... Uh, the information that we produce from surveys and also that census information to really give people a, a much more comprehensive view of what's happening across Australia and how that's changing over time. So I can envisage that if someone's coming into an area with a new business, for instance, they would be curious to know how many different businesses already exist in that sector. Uh, you know, uh, is there a shortage of labour perhaps over time? Is that going to increase? Uh, what sort of skill set of the people who live in that area have? So that it can be really um, opportunistic for people who are setting up businesses to access that data. What of the long-term businesses, what, what would you suggest that they could look at when they're, when they're looking at um, information like that um, in terms of small businesses looking to grow perhaps? So I think a lot of the questions end up being quite similar questions, but rather than starting with, I need to, um, to know who the people are, the businesses in my area, uh, a lot of it is for established businesses is really looking at how this data changes over time. So what's it telling a business about how an area is growing, how an area um, may be expanding, uh, the mix of businesses. So for an established business, understanding the, the entries and exits of businesses that mm -hmm. are within the same area or the same industry, that's, a, that's also a really powerful thing for established businesses to be able to draw on. And yeah. like we said before, just about everything that we produce is free. So established businesses don't have any um, reason not to be, not just jumping on the ABS website, but jumping on the ABS website on a regular basis. Yeah, fantastic. Um, look, John, let's, uh, let's wrap up with you and um, get some information about how small business can access this data. Where do they go and, and how can they um, find that special left-hand side section that you mentioned, <laughs> your favourite bit? Well, look, I might firstly just add just quickly to what Bjorn said as well. Like another example is our building approvals data, you know, which we collect from each of the states and territories and bring together in our construction data 
data. So that also, you know, for someone in a local area who's looking to perhaps make sure they keep their business um, pivoting or moving and growing, you know, understanding where, you know, some of their construction activities occurring. So what areas are actually increasing as well. So um, the other one I was going to mention, I wouldn't mind just talking briefly about Alexi, mm. is our work um, to um, make it easier for businesses to provide their information to us. So um, really keen to actually you know, reduce the burden. We're conscious that, you know, um, particularly smaller businesses don't have a lot of resources to actually do some of their administration, and that includes complete ABS surveys. So we do try and limit the surveys we put out to smaller businesses and rely a lot on, as Bjorn said, on tax data um, to replace that. Um, but there's some really valuable insights we'd like to get um, from a business building on their natural business systems like we did with Est- like the tax office did with single touch payroll. So we are um, exploring um, whether or not we could actually get businesses submitting to us from their business accounting software um, be able to submit instead of doing a survey. So to actually um, using things like their profit and loss, et cetera. So understanding their sales and cost of sales information and looking to get that on a bit more frequent basis but in a way that's really easy for the business to upload to us. So that's something we're exploring really actively um, with the idea idea of even further reducing the survey burden on a business, acknowledging that a lot of businesses are doing those surveys perhaps on their kitchen table at night um, after hours because that's the only time they really get to work on that admin. Yeah, any admin at all really. Absolutely. Well, that's that's really that's really um, good to know that 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 burden is being lessened, and you're thinking in terms of small businesses and the time that they have. Um, are you having uh, a lot of good discussions with the software companies um, and those who have the data? There's there's lots of collaboration going on there. Absolutely. So we have got interest from all of the kind of major um, accounting software providers in that project. Um, but importantly, we're talking to small businesses as well, and always keen to hear from small businesses that would like to be part of that development. Um, because, you know, really trying to understand for them how that might work, how we could make their their reporting to government easier, but importantly, what we could give them back. So one of the things we're really interested in is exploring the ability to provide benchmarks back to a business if they report to us through their accounting software. So... Um, very keen to hear from any businesses who would like to be part of that. Mm, or perhaps professional associations that could really value that sort of information if they've got businesses willing to share a little bit more or be a little bit more open with their data. Absolutely. And we know bookkeepers as an example. So, you know, the bookkeepers actually play a big part in supporting businesses and a lot of their admin activities, including providing survey information to us. Mm, fantastic. Well, thanks so much, John. Now let us know where about uh, people can access all this gold mine of data. So it does roll off the tongue, abs.gov.au is our website. Um, So um, you go there, as Bjorn said, it's very easy to navigate. Um, And for those that have been on it some years ago and found it a bit confusing, um, I'd really encourage people to come and have a look at our new website because it's laid out really nicely, really easy to navigate and click through and there's something there for everyone. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, You've been listening to Small Biz Matters with Alexi Boyd. If you've missed any of today's program, you can, of course, catch up via our website, smallbizmatters.com.au, where there are over 197 podcasts available for you to download. You can also listen to us on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you ingest your small business education. And can I just put it out there and say that I was sort of frolicking around the podcasting world to try and find something, and I can't find anything that covers such a breadth of information like this and has such access to government agencies. So thank you very much for your your candour and your openness and and for working with us here at Small Biz Matters. And I'm sure it's been very valuable. Thanks so much, John and Bjorn. Always a pleasure, pleasure, Alexi. Thanks, Alexi. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you all next week with another great podcast from Small Biz Matters. (laughs) 
This week's episode was proudly broadcast from Triple H Studios in Sydney, Australia and sponsored by the Office of the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman. If you've enjoyed listening, go ahead and give us some thank you stars on your podcasting platform. It would be much appreciated. Then head to the Small Biz Matters website where you can listen to over 170 episodes, read more about our speakers and find out how to become a media partner. See you all next time. Bye.